The Superpowers of the Soul Channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Superpowers of the Soul with Tonya Dawn Rackler and the Superpower Experts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Superpowers of the Soul. This is Amora Kai, and I am so, 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 so happy to be here with y'all today, talking with our gorgeous guest, Dina Lealoha, about anxiety as a superpower. Oh, I love this topic. I love this woman. I love this episode. Dina is the founder of the Breath of Life Institute. She's trained with the Iceman himself, Wim Hof, and she also has a background as a yin yoga instructor, a massage therapist, a holistic health practitioner, a musician, an artist. She is an incredible being. She first discovered breathwork at the ripe old age of only six when she began experiencing anxiety attacks, and she learned how to shift out of unconscious patterning using the power of breath. At six years old, she turned her greatest challenge into one of her greatest gifts. And now she really is on a mission to help others do the same, no matter where they are in their lives. I personally know her to be such a deeply heart-based being, a true sister goddess on the path, who is such a, a humble delightful, and powerful woman. I just love her. I love everything she's up to in the world. And I'm so excited that she's here with us today. Dina, welcome to the show, sweetheart. Thank you so much, Amorakai. Wow, what an intro. I'm so delighted to be here with you and so touched to be having this conversation about something so important to me. It's been my life's work. And I really appreciate all the words you just shared. Thank you. Oh, honey, so easy, so easy with you. But yeah, I <laughs> agree. It is an important topic. It is something that seems to have infiltrated so many people's lives. And the consequences and the suffering out there around anxiety uh, has just been escalating more and more and more, of course, in the face of recent events and so much uncertainty. So, you know, I am so eager to talk to you of all people today about anxiety as a superpower and really hear more of your lived experience and all the incredible codes and wisdom that you have to share as a result. But, but, but I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm so excited to hear all about it. I'm so excited to learn more about it and hear some more of your super inspiring journey through it. But before we dive right in too deep and we don't want to stop, let me just start us off by asking you our favorite question around here. And that is, what is one of your superpowers of the soul, dear Dina? And how are you using it for good right now? Oh, what a powerful question. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel like there's definitely more than just one. But what feels like my current superpower is radical acceptance right now. Because mm -hmm. I find that... <laughs> Mm -hmm. And that's not an easy one for me, right? The surrender energy can be a difficult thing. But when it comes to any emotion, any energy in motion, even anxiety, for instance, which is what we're going to dive into, mm -hmm. radical acceptance has really been there for me to sort of synthesize that shadow frequency into a more gentle, soft energy. And that's been the framework for disarming the shadow by radical acceptance. So I'd say that that is my superpower in this moment. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's hot. It is hot. That is really important. It's really important. And I, I feel like it sounds so simple and it just holds the keys to the universe. It's kind of one of those ones, you know, where it sounds so simple and it's one of the most challenging things sometimes to do. So kudos to you and bless you for sharing that with everybody. It, um, I love your words too, disarming the shadow. <laughs> I have a vision of a beautiful lady sort of like dancing around the shadow and disarming the shadow with her just true joy and acceptance and willingness like nothing can stick on her i'm not sure why i got that vision but thought i'd share it with you it's pretty gorgeous mm, that is mm. gorgeous <laughs> sounds like a painting 
It does sound like or a, a poem. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Before we get too creative, I am so excited to get into what I sense will be a conversation for absolutely everyone, you know, as I think it's really safe to say, as I said, that we all we all kind of know or know of someone in this world gripped by anxiety these days, don't we? I mean, it's it's so prevalent. It's so prevalent in our world. And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to go take our short break right now so that we can really get deep into this subject. I think it's so important. And I think you have so much to share, honey. So before we cut to break, though, Dina, where is the best place to send people to connect with you and to find out more about you and all the wonderful things you're up to in the world? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is Dina, D-I-N-A dot Kale Aloha. That's K-A-L-E-I-A-L-O-H-A. You can find me here in Hawaii if you ever come visit this beautiful island on the big island, Kona side. Um, I teach workshops, trainings. Breath of Life Institute has breathwork retreats and facilitator trainings that we offer both virtually and in person. You can also check out my personal website, which is Dina Lealoha at or www.dinalealoha.com, which I think we'll provide in the show notes. Perfect. And, and uh, email is always good too. Mm, excellent. What's your email? <laughs> that is dinalealoha at gmail.com. Perfect. We'll make sure that those links are up on the show page for everybody as well. Uh, Retreats in Hawaii. Yes, please. All right, everyone. You are (laughs) listening to Superpowers of the Soul here on the Superpower Network. And we're going to be right back to get deep into anxiety as a superpower with Dina Lealoha in just a moment. You are not going to want to miss this one. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today. Welcome back, everyone. This is Amora Kai. And if you're just tuning in, today we are talking with Dina Lealoha about anxiety as a superpower. So Dina, honey, I am so fascinated (laughs) with your experiences and actually super eager to hear everything you have to share about anxiety as a superpower. But I'd love to start off by hearing from you, if you're willing to share it, about your earlier experiences with anxiety. I mean, at the very tender young age of six, and you discovered breathwork? Tell me how this happened. (laughs) Great. I'd love to share. So at six years old, I had a lot going on in my life. My parents had just gone through a really grueling divorce, which actually was for the best, made me actually a bit happier that they chose (laughs) to separate at the time because clearly it wasn't working out for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes adults like to stay in the relationship for the sake of the kids, but oftentimes it no longer is for the well-being of the children. And I found that to be so true, but nonetheless, it was still very difficult. And um, and, and also Waldorf education, Rudolf Steiner really shines light on the evolution at that age of between five and seven, we start to form the identity of self. Mm-hmm. So that's when we start to rebel against the rules of the world and of our parents. And it's noticeable in children of that age to see a shift in their emotional patterning in their EQ or emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. So one night I was going to bed, my mom tucked me in and I just remember gradually feeling anxiety take over my body. And I didn't really know the word anxiety at the time. Mm -hmm. It, to me, it felt like I was having a heart attack, which is something that six year olds don't usually feel. Mm -hmm. And I felt all the symptoms of anxiety from accelerated heart rate to sweaty palms, faster respiratory rate, all the things, all the feelings and symptoms of anxiety were very palpable. And so I called my mom and I said, something's wrong. I can't sleep and I feel like I am having a heart attack. So she rushes me to the ER. Um, She gets a babysitter for my brother who is six years older than me. 
And I go to the ER and the doctor immediately identifies what I have. He runs all the vitals. He's, he just says, oh, she's having a panic attack. Now, I had never heard of that in my entire life. I was pretty confused. Like, what's going on? Why is this happening? And he had me breathe out of a paper brown bag, one of those lunch bags. Mm -hmm. So that was my first experience of breath work oh my it was pretty <laughs> it was pretty messy and mm. very strange not like the breath work that I have learned but hey it was breath work mm. and you know there's so many different kinds of anxiety in the world that people can experience there's food anxiety there's physical anxiety there's mental anxiety and you know, there's a whole spectrum of that emotion anxiety that is energy in motion. And for me, it was largely related to the food I was being fed at that time. So I was, I remember that night, actually, I was fed um, a meal of something very rich in fatty oils that was fried, probably seed oils, margarine, not really butter. And just, indigestible high amounts of gluten and a lot of us are highly sensitive to metabolizing those types of i don't know if you even can call it a food or whatever it mm. is that we consume and that mm. can also lead to anxiety so in my case it was compounding stress it was not just the psychosomatic emotional anxiety of not knowing what was happening next in my life after my parents just split up and feeling trapped in this dark room and just not having the proper guidance at the time to navigate that emotional stress. Not mm. to mention hearing adults yelling at each other constantly. It was just no way to communicate. Mm. And I will add, I commend my parents for doing the best that they can at the time because they're both incredible humans who have done tremendous growth and work mm -hmm. on themselves so at that time it was just a dark time for all of us and we didn't have the tools to navigate stress and navigate anxiety and so in my case it was a combination of physical anxiety from improper nutrition mm -hmm. and the emotional instability i was feeling at home compounded with this existential spiritual realization of at that time I started to ask questions like if God is a creator who created God <laughs> questions <laughs> that people couldn't answer mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it was, it was a lot of six-year-old questions <laughs> yeah those six-year-old questions I love those six-year-old <laughs> questions they're my favorite that is a lot. That's a lot all at once. That's a lot for six. I can relate. I had a similar experience. I feel as far as the environment is concerned, I didn't have the same anxiety experience you're describing, but it's so much. It really is so much. Oh my goodness. And can I just say, like, I knew you were going to drop golden nuggets. I just, I was so excited to find out what they were. I never imagined you'd drop food in there. And it's so important and so under, I mean, I don't see it anywhere used in this way. And it's such a vital component to people experiencing anxiety, just as you are relaying here. So thank you for bringing that into the conversation. It's so interesting, the effect that nutrition has on our physical and experience and how you're saying it compounds the emotional stress already going on and can, and can be, you know, something that uh, makes it go more <laughs> or brings it down a little. It can calm it or it can fire it up, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, food and nutrition can be perhaps the most important part of figuring out the behavioral issues a child or even an adult is going through, not just anxiety disorders, but any type of attention deficit disorder, oftentimes mm. really reflecting and taking inventory on what our diet is and what mm -hmm. kind of processed foods are in our diet things that humans shouldn't be con consuming <laughs> or an animal even <laughs> shouldn't mm -hmm. be consuming mm -hmm. and we're yeah. you know riddled with these compounds that cause 
so much toxicity in our body. And what that ends up doing is creating this fight or fight fight or flight response this indigestion and when that fight or flight response takes place that's when our digestion shuts down our hormonal system shuts down and then all of our energy rushes to the muscles our respiratory rate goes up our cardiac rate goes up so it's it's definitely a very important piece of the puzzle wouldn't you say Mm, I yes, I've been an advocate for it for many, many years. It shifted my life experience tremendously and continues this day. You know, when I veer off, I it is the one thing that I have to pay such close attention to. And it would be so wonderful if I just didn't veer off, but sometimes I do. And it's the most important thing. It affects everything. It affects my hormones, it affects my mental health, actually, and definitely my emotional experience. And even my energy levels are so affected by what I eat, or more importantly, what I don't eat. I think it's almost more important sometimes. Wow. <laughs> it's incredible, really. Yeah. Uh, okay, we could do a whole other podcast on that. I mean, <laughs> it's so important. And it's one of the things I'm most passionate about in life. But anxiety as a superpower. I mean, you're six years old, you're having this experience, you're breathing into a brown bag. (laughs) Bless that doctor. I love it. (laughs) And, you know, you're going through this experience. And so how does that translate 20 some odd years later as a superpower in your life today? Take me on that journey a little bit because it didn't start off as a superpower. Yeah. No. And usually when we're looking at our shadow frequencies, because mm-hmm. I'll also get into the gene keys if you're interested in that. That's been a Who, huge me? Oh, tool. okay. I love the gene keys. Let's do it. I thought so. I thought I so. And mm-hmm. so a lot of my life's work is the premise of that is how to synthesize the shadow into a gift frequency. And then there's the city, which is in Sanskrit, the divine gift. Mm-hmm. So really any shadow, any conflict that we experience in life has the potential to be alchemized into a gift. And it's up to you to decide how and what that looks like. And in my case, it took me many years to really begin to even be open to the idea that it was a gift because I felt like it was a curse. Mm -hmm. And for anyone that has experienced anxiety, which is probably everyone, (laughs) you know, it's part of (laughs) being human. Mm -hmm. The distinction between anxiety and like anxiety disorder, right? Anxiety Mm -hmm. is just an emotion that we experience that's there to protect us. It's not a bad thing. And so reframing it as, oh, anxiety is a good thing. And perhaps it's actually designed to keep us alive longer to increase our ability to relate to our friends emotionally, having empathy and compassion and good vagal tone. So there's definitely a treasure trove of positive benefits to anxiety. It wasn't a a fault by nature in our operating system. It's there for a reason. In fact, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for anxiety. Mm. It's the part of our limbic system our nervous system we have the parasympathetic the rest and digest and the sympathetic which sounds like it's not so sympathetic (laughs) the (laughs) fight or flight which is actually a lot more nuanced i don't know if you've heard of polyvagal theory i have yeah but talk a little bit about it yeah i was gonna ask you to go back for people that don't know when you were talking about vagal tone so maybe you could just give a little Yeah, this will be a great time to explain that. So polyvagal theory expresses that the nervous system is a lot more nuanced than we were taught in our school books. You know, it's not just (laughs) binary, two branches. In fact, it has a lot more branches. So we have the rest and digest, the fight and flight state. We have a lot more states than that. In fact, it's probably never ending and expansive because we continue to discover more states in our nervous system like like fawn 
or mm. freeze, right? Can you think of any other ones? Yeah, off the top of my head, but it's it's There's starting. So many. It's, it's, it's it really starts to remind me of you know the brain and all the neuroscience as well. Like we just keep discovering more and more and more and more. And what we thought was two is five, and what we thought was black and white is all the colors of the rainbow. And you know, it just seems like as we evolve, we get reflected back more and more information about what's really going on in here, and we get access to more of that. And I just think it's so wonderful. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. Ninety nine percent of our, mm-hmm. yeah, ninety nine percent of our DNA is not junk. Yeah, <laughs> it is an ever expanding <laughs> model that keeps on changing. Mm-hmm. So when we have good vagal tone, we our voice fluctuates. It sounds happy. We have good facial expression. So it's a lot about the conditioning around human relationships which was a part of the nervous system that is more modernized. So our ancestors, our reptilian uh, ancestors, before we evolved into mammals, didn't have this in their nervous system built in. This is something that evolved later on was, you know, when I smile, you see the smile on my face and you mirror that, you know, it brings a sense of warmth, hopefully, to your your nervous system. And mm-hmm. so we have this social behavior component of our nervous system that we mm-hmm. can directly influence at will using the breath, which is why I love breath work so much. So as I was diving into the whole neuroscience and biochemistry behind breath work and anxiety, I started to discover where this, the gift was underneath all of this. And I came across a lot of information on how we anxiety actually can benefit someone's longevity. And the statistics around people that have anxiety tend to live longer because they take more care of themselves and more precaution in their daily life. And they tend to have better social relationships. But of course, there's a shadow side, right? With everything, Mm -hmm. with every shadow frequency. And we can look at anxiety as a shadow frequency, a low Mm -hmm. vibrational frequency in humanity that when it's out of balance when the volume is turned up too high like it is for a lot of us in certain moments Mm -hmm. that's when it can create disharmony and suppressing the immune system and cardiac stress and relationship stress so when any of our shadow frequencies are out of balance that's when it's time to really take a look at that, take inventory on how to harness that energy because anxiety is an emotion and it can be a form of excitement. Just depends on how you're Mm -hmm. using that anxiety and how much awareness you can accumulate around what that is and how that's teaching you. Like, what is that teaching you about yourself? So for me, anxiety has been such a teacher in conveying the programming, the beliefs, the stories, the fear of death, which is like Mm. the primordial fear that the root of all fears. Mm -hmm. And once we begin to confront those parts of ourselves with radical acceptance, that's when finally, thankfully, the gift starts to reveal itself. (laughs) Been waiting forever for the gift. (laughs) Is it ever going to morph? Is it ever going to drop? I actually really appreciate you naming anxiety as a teacher. I've I've really experienced that in my life and various things. I used to say that when I was younger, pain was my greatest teacher because it was the only thing strong enough to force me to do things I wouldn't otherwise do, to look at things in a different way, right? It it, it made me, desperate's not quite the right word, but it motivated me enough when the sort of normal things weren't working. It, it, it really taught me to go outside the box and look at things differently and search for things. And my fear of the pain was greater than my fear of the unknown or the unconventional. And it really, really taught me to trust that and how to do that. And mm-hmm. as far as anxiety goes, my experience with anxiety as a teacher, it has been probably the number one thing that led me on the journey 
to learn how to give up the control that I don't really have anyway, but was really happy living under some illusion that I did and understand the power that I do have. So it was, it was really um, a huge catalyst for me in, in, you know, what, what people around here anyway would call the inside out game of really letting go of the control, really letting go of the idea that I had to control the outside world in order to be whatever I wanted to be and to really understand the power I have on the inside that is always available and accessible. And so, you know, we talked a little bit about that surrender piece that sometimes doesn't come as easily to some as others. And for me, it was a dog fight. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was not not a very surrendered person. And I really didn't understand that part of the path uh, for a long time. And I, I'm still playing in it, of course. But that that was a real teaching moment for me. And that was a direct result of um, a heightened experience of anxiety I had over a number of weeks at one time in my life. And it was it's a potent teacher, isn't it? Oh my goodness. I can't think of a more potent teacher. Mm. It is definitely there to teach us a lot about ourselves. And you touched on so many beautiful points there. And it's great to hear that, you know, you're not alone in your anxiety and that we can begin to shed the shame Mm. around having the anxiety around having the fear, not being a perfect human, despite Mm. having done all the growth, despite attending all those workshops and, doing the breath work, showing up for practice. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, there's the anxiety still exists. It's right. still a teacher. And that is humbling. Mm-hmm. And I think shifting the approach perhaps is very helpful in synthesizing the gift, the city, the higher expression of the shadow. Mm-hmm. We just have to start looking at it and start taking inventory of what's happening inside of us, what's happening outside of us as well. And not really needing to change it or get rid of it, which was my initial prayer Mm -hmm. at the beginning of my life was, please God, take this away from me or higher Mm -hmm. power, whoever's out there that created this. Mm -hmm. I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Like, please help me get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And perhaps that's a flawed approach. And when we when we have the courage to look at what's here now in this present moment, which could be the feeling of anger, could be anxiety, numbness, reactivity, whatever shadow state is being expressed in our behavior, we get to contemplate and reflect on these shadows, which is the framework for these gifts that we get to uncover, the city, the divine gift. And then we get to begin really excavating what that pattern is. So there's a three-step process to this mm. that I learned from the Gene Keys. Mm-hmm. You ready for it? Oh, yes. <laughs> Bring it on, sister. <laughs> okay. So the three steps to excavating the gifts out of these shadows is step number one, allow Step number two, express. And number three, embrace. Those are the three steps to practice. Mm. It's a lot nicer than what society teaches us, which is like achieve, hustle, clear, mm. get rid of this. Mm-hmm. Or resist. <laughs> begin yeah. by, a, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the opposite of surrender and allow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So beginning with allowing it to be there which to me is like the most poetic thing you can do the most yin right and allowing you don't have to express it right away but begin by step one just allow yourself to experience this let it be there that instantly already takes the edge off of the resistance and the shame that we have in life around anxiety yeah so we can even allow ourselves to wish it to go away. We can allow ourselves to hate it. We can allow ourselves to want it to be gone forever and reject that part of ourselves. But as long as we're allowing, Mm -hmm. sort of like you're inviting your anxiety in for a cup of tea, (laughs) you know, you're just having Mm -hmm. a conversation, having a podcast with your anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's a human feeling that, even the most put together human beings that you can think of can probably relate. 
Absolutely. And, and that creates a natural softness and gentleness around the shadow, whatever the mm. shadow may be for you, allowing you to then express it, which is step two. Because if you just jump to expressing the anger, or the anxiety, maybe it doesn't come off in an integrated way. So first allowing it, and then naturally this gentleness comes over the shadow where you feel safe to feel the fear. You could start mm -hmm. to trust yourself that it is safe. Just like, you know, an example I could think of, a stray cat or like a stray animal. They're really shy and sometimes they hiss at you, but mm. you just wait and you keep building trust. You keep putting that food out or that hand out every day. And eventually one day that cat starts to trust you. So allow yourself to do that, creating a generous space around that shadow. Mm. And that even that unsafety you can feel safe in that's the paradox like even feeling unsafe can be safe so that was that the, the first paradox. layer in disarming the shadow <laughs> i love it it's when you you start to feel safe in unsafety and you start to feel safe in the unknown you start to feel safe yeah. in the witnessing it's 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 a huge paradigm shift and it does change everything i love that it's the first step and that you're speaking to it mm powerful right because it's hard to just jump from a shadow state to a gift state you know yeah quantum leaps don't often happen overnight i mean sometimes hey if that happens that's great but usually it's a process mm -hmm. usually it takes infinite patience to get mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. and contemplation so take the time to sit with that and have tea with your anxiety, have a conversation with the stories around it that mm. you've created. And what happens is that we move from the victim state into a creator state, which yeah. is a cliche, right? You're creating your reality that we've heard that so many times, but that's because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. However, you know, it, it's been offered and, and uh, chopped up. The reality is, and what you're speaking to, you're speaking to you so much, and it's so beautiful. I love this flow of allow, express, embrace. I so appreciate that moving from a state of victim to creator is moving from a state of powerlessness, right, to resourcefulness. It's moving from a state of of mm, apathy, right? And helplessness is a better word. Hopelessness to an empowered state where the things you look at do change. Possibilities and opportunities that you can't otherwise perceive from, let's say, the more contracted state become apparent. It's sort of like that old Einstein quote that you can't solve a problem at the level of consciousness that created it. You need to expand to the level of consciousness that is aligned with the solution. And it feels to me like this is an easy process to do that and a very welcoming process and a very compassionate process that you get to be in a beautiful state. There's no there's no force here. There's no increased tension. There's no increase like to, to try and <laughs> to try and work through the shadow of anxiety by creating more anxiety doesn't make sense. Right. Creating more tension. Good more luck pain, with that. More fear. Like that sounds never ending and not fun. <laughs> that was my motto for many years without even knowing sure. it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I think yeah. we all sort of, we do that. We're sort of taught that we're taught to we're, we're taught to fight. We're taught to resist. We're taught to fix. We're taught to force. We're start to, taught to control the outside world and bend it to our conscious will. We're not really taught to get into relationship. We're not taught to witness. We're not taught to observe. We're not taught to allow. We're not taught to surrender. Those traits that are really come online recently, I feel, um, I haven't had a place, a proper place and, and taken their proper place necessarily and what a benefit they are uh, until more recently. And I'm really grateful that there's people like you in the world that are sharing stories like these and teaching about it and inspiring and creating spaces for people to have this experience and, and add this 
to their daily lives. It is life-changing. To move from victim to creator is life-changing. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. And this is exactly why you are one of my role models as a divine <laughs> mother that you oh. are, Amorakai. The way that you embody all these things that we're talking about, it's an mm-hmm. energy that's so palpable. And to pass that on to your children is one of the most amazing gifts because they already have that advantage that perhaps you and I didn't get to have. Mm-hmm. And we had to excavate that Mm -hmm. doing a lot of grueling deep diving and a lot of shadow Mm -hmm. work to get here and and i'm so grateful to know that your parenting involves all these amazing gifts and wisdom that you've you've brought forth to your children because oftentimes we inherit the dna from our ancestors the dna Mm -hmm. that holds the patterns of victimhood of shame of anxiety and with my ancestry i came from a line of very anxious people Mm -hmm. um, jewish people (laughs) me too that (laughs) of course that are extremely funny (laughs) and have incredible gifts (laughs) but on the shadow frequency of that you know there's a lot of anxiety came from the survival of everything that they had to endure and we are a byproduct of our ancestors here to complete the evolution mm-hmm. and to become more beautiful versions mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've inherited, a lot of us. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can never be a victim of your DNA. This is something mm-hmm. that Richard Rudd from the Gene Keys yeah. said. So I'll paraphrase. You can only be a victim of your attitude the thoughts that you think, the feelings that you have, the words that you utter, and the actions that you take. They directly program your genes and therefore your reality. That's the the basis, the principles of epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And it's so that's so an amazing true. responsibility. It is. And it's an amazing responsibility and it's an amazing gift and it's amazing superpower. I mean, that's a superpower. Is it Spider-Man? Great power, great responsibility. Someone, some superhero movie my kids watch. I think it's Spider-Man that says with great power comes great responsibility. And it is such a gift for future generations. That's what we're seeding right? The, the home life, the generations that come after us with, and I always sort of looked at those of us that are doing this kind of work. It feels kind of like we're bridge workers in some way. It's like we got one foot rooted in where we came from and dealing with all these things and one foot rooted in the, the the vision that we have of the future and this idea of inner freedom and synergistic collaboration and the community and, and people and animals and the planet, right? In, in their most evolved state and, and with the levels of consciousness that are rising towards love and above. And I feel like we are so more and more getting conscious and aware and willing to really be that stand, that channel, that link in the chain that says, yes, this went on no control over that. And yes, this is where the power is. This is how we alchemize that stuff. And this is how we walk forwards into the futures as creators and co-creators. I mean, it really does feel like a beautiful, beautiful flow, not without its struggles and not without its its challenges, but so worthwhile, maybe not in our lifetime, but certainly through our lifetime, what we get to give to that possible future. Yeah, we all have a choice. Mm-hmm. There's always a choice. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes lighter. Like we start to laugh at all of it. <laughs> and I've been laughing about it ever since. Like the joke's actually on me. <laughs> it becomes a cosmic joke that we experience all of this. And the fact that we even get to experience it means that we're human, that we are in this finite reality only so long Mm. and if that's what's alive right now that anxiety and that fear then maybe we can tilt our head back and laugh and Mm. embrace it finally that's the third step is embracing it 
but only when it's authentic, only when we're really ready to start doing that. And for me, it wasn't until very recently. And it took me a lot of time of waiting for that stray cat to stop hissing (laughs) to finally be able to pet the soft fur (laughs) and and feel the soft purrs that were actually there and that is part of the reparenting that I got to do for myself and there was a moment where I really thought I was gonna die like we talked about the fear of death the ultimate mm-hmm. fear, the, the fear of no longer existing. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing that I really needed to confront and have a conversation with around anxiety because in the moments of panic attack and anxiety, the worst case scenario, the what if this would happen always came up. So when I turned 18 and I moved out of my mom's house, the first thing I did was buy a plane ticket to Costa Rica <laughs> to go visit my brother, Daniel Raphael. Mm-hmm. And I sat with the plant medicine in Boga with a, I think, third or fifth generation Briti shaman from Gabon, so traditionally. Yeah. And my expectations were, I'm going to heal this anxiety. I'm going <laughs> to get rid of this. I want to be a healed human. You know, yeah. that was my approach, which, like I said, it can be a flawed way of looking at it. Now, with the wisdom at 29 years old, I realized, but 10 years ago, a decade ago, that was my, my approach. And I went into this plant ceremony with that expectation that it was going to be unicorns, butterflies, and mm-hmm. orgasmic bliss. And I just got it served to me <laughs> so <laughs> roughly. And that was the moment where I really did think I was going to die. And my anxiety took me to the darkest, most shadowy place in my my physical body, my heart racing, my mind spiraling. And I didn't have any control over it. Not even breath work was able to shift those patterns. And that's when I had to, after 10 hours of this, grueling dark trip finally i had to surrender i was like well if i'm gonna die i might as well not die anxious i Mm. might as well like allow myself to maybe enjoy the suffering maybe find some existential kink around this and (laughs) just be let's just Mm -hmm. be with it and that came after 10 hours of like struggling and fighting and clinging Mm -hmm. to try to get this to stop and there's just no exterior remedy for me that really healed my uh, my thinking my patterns around anxiety and around my body image and all the things that came with that it wasn't a plant medicine it wasn't a therapist or a drug or whatever it was just the sense of allowing and accepting was okay this is going to happen anyway so i can be here for it and let it wash over and play its course or i could struggle so that's been the biggest superpower of all time for me was that acceptance which helps you take radical responsibility mm-hmm. and then you notice that the anxiety just starts to fade once you do that it starts to on its own naturally soften and be integrated back into its original state its gift frequency its mm-hmm. higher expression of trust yes. which is There are so many gift frequencies and faces of divine consciousness and oneness. And that's one of the personalities of it, right? Is (sighs) self-trust. It's just so good. And I can so relate. And I feel like some of the greater experiences of self-trust have come on the heels of that deep, 
acceptance, that deep allowance, that deep surrender, especially in cases where the mind would otherwise want to say, but, 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 this shouldn't be happening. It's too long. It's too much. I can't. I shouldn't. It shouldn't. What the? All of that stuff. If we can turn away from that and turn towards the light of acceptance, just as simple as, of course, it should be happening. Why? Because it is happening, right? Like, get away from the mind's tendency to resist, to push, to control, to judge, right? That stacks on the fear. In those moments when you can really open to that degree and really allow the way that you are so beautifully sharing and teaching with us all here today, this level of self-trust occurs and morphs, in my experience anyway, into the deepest sense of inner calm and inner peace that outer circumstances and situations no longer have power over. It is such a gift to be able to relax into an inner trust, regardless of what's going on outside of you more and more and more and more. It is an incredible way to walk through this world. So bowing deeply to you, sister, thank you so, so much. I mean, it's just been a glorious, glorious time here with you. So impactful, so inspiring, and so practical. So before we begin to wrap up, you know, I just wanted to know, as far as your beautiful breathwork offering goes, if I'm sitting at home and I'm listening or I'm out on a walk or I have this experience happening in my life and I'm listening to you and, and yeah, I, I understand about the allowing, I understand about the resistance, I understand these steps. What is one of the key takeaways from your breathwork that you could offer someone who is working the path of anxiety as a superpower at home. There's this incredible quote that I heard many years ago that they say the mind is king of the body, but it is our breath that is king of the mind. Mm. So finding a practice is everything in life. So modulating your nervous system to being empowered Remembering that every inhale you take, you are receiving, remembering, expressing. With every exhale, you are unlearning, releasing, and unwinding. And it's a dance. It's an oscillation between our inhale, spiking our blood pressure, our heart rate, and our exhale, softening, releasing, sending our chi back to source. When we can really communicate with our breath and it goes beyond a practice you know we can get technical with it and at some point you know i'm happy to share the methods that i've learned over times with my teachers with Wim Hof and teaching and studying yoga but if you can really just have a relationship with your own breath and recognize what it really is the word for breath is synonymous with the word spirit in so many cultures throughout the planet. The word spirit and breath are the same. Because the more we breathe mindfully, consciously, maybe even slowly, the more air, breath, spirit, prana, mana, chi that we invite into our bodies, into our lungs. And as a result, we build trust with ourselves because that's a practice beyond thoughts it's a practice of physically moving that energy and breath is a really good method for that so i personally love practicing the wim hof method because it's something you can do every day it's safe as long as you're not driving or in water and you will see the results over time you will see the stress leaving your body and the relaxation flowing back in. So while it might not be appropriate for the moment or instant you're dealing with anxiety, mm -hmm. it is a cumulative practice. So if you do spend 10 minutes a day, starting off your day with a breathwork practice, it'll go into the rest of your life, into the rest of your day and interactions and into your sleep. So that's available. Um, I have some videos coming up with some free breathwork 
guided practices and you can also check out Wim Hof YouTube channel and he has an incredible app as well that you can download mm-hmm. and that alone I highly mm-hmm. recommend if you want to really modulate your nervous system mm-hmm. well I really appreciate you bring it back around to it's a practice so yes, there's something to be done in acute situations and there's steps to be taken as you are walking this journey, but also there's a practice that you can engage in on a regular, consistent basis that is going to support you and nourish you and shift the path as you go as well into the positive. I love that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, real quick before we have to wrap up, what was it like to train with Wim Hof? What was your biggest takeaway? What was your favorite experience of that my favorite part of all was the constant laughter he is a comedian (laughs) he is so funny and he synthesized so much suffering like talk about superpower Mm, and turning suffering into a gift yeah which i'm a huge believer of that was inspiring just to see what he had experienced with his wife committing suicide and having to raise all those children alone and finding the cold as his warm best friend just diving into the harsh environments to really keep him in a state of presence and exhilaration in life. So just being around him was such a gift. And I did that right before COVID, which was a timely experience because Mm -hmm. around that time, everyone was feeling anxiety and needing breath work in their lives. Sure. Um, So (laughs) yay! But all of it was truly (laughs) wonderful. Oh, honey, I'm so happy. What a gift. What a gift for everybody. Sweetheart, what a super fun and super powerful conversation. I just so appreciate your your everything, your incredibly rich experiences and how generously you share everything with us. I just, I find your own journey like a little bit of a life raft to those of us still wrestling in the deep end with some of these experiences of anxiety. And so I thank you so, so much for being here and for all you shared. Oh, it's been an honor and a pleasure, Amorakai. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. All right, everyone. And thank you all for joining us today too. As always, I hope today's episode serves your highest possible good and that it really inspires you to explore the potential of anxiety or anything else you may be dealing with that feels challenging as a secret superpower that's trying its best to come online for you. And of course, anytime we're talking about secret superpowers is the perfect time to talk about CIFA. CIFA stands for Creative Energy Field Activation. And if you have not yet gifted yourself a free CIFA experience, please head on over to superpowerexperts.com to learn more about it today. Until next time, everyone, keep unlocking your own superpowers of the soul and put them to great use, creating a life and a world you love. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.